I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And today we're back with Beast. He's here. He's finally. here. He's here. He's Beast. He's blue. Okay, he's not blue yet, like but he's sea. about to turn blue. Well, like he's about sea. to turn blue. He's also about to come out of the closet, which he's repressed for a very long time. Yeah, also, this is the Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men and we're watching X-Men Evolution. That's all. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. This episode's gonna be dark as fuck because that seems to be evolution's mo, where it seems like it's a perky Fun, high school, cool yeah, kids, but it's actually really dark school. and terrifying. And then that's in the what we're about to discover. There's like an older gay man who's like punching a mirror and crying, and like you're like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, don't worry, Wolverine's here to like help stimulate whatever <laughs> to make him realize these prostate. Where are you going? Wolverine with this? does not need to be in this episode. At all. It just shows up to jump on Beast for like a full 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay. It's like they finally have another character that's Logan's age on here that's not Storm. And not so. Sabretooth. And Logan also has to fuck them, like as well. Like Logan's like, great, somebody else who's an adult man. <laughs> time to fuck um you know what i love that i i feel like logan and beast being happy together is the only good thing in beast's life and all of these shows honestly but most of this episode is about beast uh being a sad older man and it's really sad okay the metaphor in this is just i'm queer but i'm just gonna repress it for like 30 my years my whole life yeah and yeah that's really rough to watch i mean the i mean it's also like in a sense i've repressed this feeling that feeling is now going to burst out in really angry and terrifying ways which yeah i don't know if that tracks but at the same time it kind of does it's, it I, feels almost like a kid's show lesson to me in the sense that it's like if you try to hide who you really are you're going to hurt yourself and like that's yeah. a very straightforward I think important lesson for. I was a gonna say I was gonna get. think that's a bad lesson. I yeah. think that's better than anything that Cloaky has taught us on this show. <laughs> yeah, Cloaky would be like try to repress it more, which is like basically uh, no. Okay, Xavier's that's what Xavier does. Is. No, Cloaky would be like, don't forget if you hide who you are inside, it's gonna come out and kill people later. <laughs> this is your t- your message from Cloaky, and we're like, okay, Cloaky, whirling away into nothingness with Mystique. Yeah, thanks, Cloaky. Also. What I was going to say, okay, I guess I'm going to do a previously on the X-Men because mm-hmm. this is actually sort of important that Hank McCoy is not a teenager in this show. No. He is one of the characters we have decided to randomly be an adult. Sure. In this not? case, it actually does kind of work with the setup that they have. Because he's a teacher and so he's going to continue to be a teacher for the rest of the show. Yeah, but I also feel like if they had done a route where Logan, Storm, and Beast were all 
teenagers also i would have liked that a lot more mm -hmm. however we are not having that and this is what we have and i'm fine with it so he's a teacher at bayval high he in the past has filled in the role as the chem teacher the gym teacher whatever <laughs> he's subbed in other classes he's currently like teaching six things like even in, within this episode like he walks out of chemistry class into field hockey practice like with no break time like it's like what is this man's job like i he, don't really understand bayville high has three teachers and now they're trying to hire teachers that mystique's gone because she can't be all of them again mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. anyway so he in the past has had run-ins with the x-men like when cyclops is sunglasses fell off and beast came over and puts his hand on his shoulder and he goes here don't open your eyes put your sunglasses on and right scott was like okay he knows i'm a mutant yep but it was really more like that x-men 2000 a very subtle way of saying oh hey i'm also gay mm -hmm. and i'm gonna help you out here like the the sort of like older queer person helping out the younger person who's like coming into their own situation yeah pretty like much the teacher who runs uh you know the gay straight alliance at your school that cool teacher that's beast kind of uh, yeah actually that's totally true except also hank is repressing it which scott is not doing yeah hank is closeted <laughs> if anything yeah. scott wants to come out of the closet that has been yes. his whole thing yes. since the beginning of season two and i would say in this episode that's closer to what all the kids attitude is towards hank is like not really understanding him and being like wow this guy's like really repressed which i thought was cool and interesting that that was how they set it up i thought it was cool too and it interestingly enough the character they're they're gonna juxtapose with this is actually evan who yeah. hasn't done anything on this season and storm is in this episode evan and okay. storm are in this episode and it's as though they were here the whole time and we all just act like that's fine okay but storm still doesn't do anything in this I episode know. i know but she is here but at least and evan is noting. here and he's doing something yeah. i know okay and Anyway, so we're going to dive right in into this gay little fiction we're about to recap. Yeah. And uh, it opens up with Beast, who's teaching chemistry. And every single... Okay, I'm going to have to say Hank when he's in his human form, because then eventually he just is Beast. Yeah, because he is Hank. He is not blue. He is, like, just a big, strong white guy. Okay, in the comic books, I mean, he's still Dr. Hank McCoy. But in this, he's like, Hank's dead now. And we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, well, okay. There's a very good reason for that, which oh, we there is a to. good reason for that. But anyway, so Hank is teaching chemistry and it's really boring for Evan, who is, I don't know, he's like tacking together a little fake skateboard yeah, out which of his eraser. I don't feel like this would work and would like actually roll because he's like using tacks as the wheels on an eraser. But like somehow he makes a skateboard that can actually roll. And like, I don't, he like I don't know. I mean, it into Kurt. And Kurt, he just like throws it at Kurt. And Kurt's like, dude, I'm really interested. He's like, uh, excuse me, I'm very interested in uh, chemistry. chemistry. Knock it off. <laughs> oh, I'm like, would you really be though, Kurt? I don't know, what but part? he is for whatever reason. And so then um, Evan's got a bunch of like skateboarding pals who are like, outside out the window and they somehow know that evan is in chemistry class like right there and so they're like evan and like throwing rocks at the window i mean that's kind of like how like high school is though i guess but they're like very far away anyway they they're like evan cut class and like no one but evan hears this and so evan is like raising his hand <laughs> yeah they like screaming it up at the window yeah and he's like um can i go to the bathroom and uh hank like throws in the bathroom pass and is like yeah but you're about to miss all the good stuff which he definitely is by the way he is so evan leaves leaves um and then hank does this like cool science experiment that no teacher i ever had did where he like lights a fucking beaker on fire <laughs> and he's like this is cool right this is chemistry like and all woo. the kids are like yeah yeah they fucking love well, it because okay. beast is definitely the cool teacher and like it is worth yeah. noting that like 
everyone else, and this is probably why Kurt likes the class. Like everyone but Evan is loving this class and like really paying attention. I mean, I think, and that's exactly what it is. If you get a cool teacher who's willing to be like, oh, I have to stick this curriculum, but I'm going to do it in my own way. In a cool way and like do cool metaphors and analogies, which is basically what Beast is doing. Like he's kind of like teaching chemistry, but like being like, okay, but I'm going to like do an explosion and like show you how that's like the combination of these two things. And that's fun. Evan leaves, Beast caused an explosion, which Evan misses. He misses all the good shit. And Evan like goes all the way downstairs and is like skateboarding outside with his friends in two seconds. And yeah. Beast like goes over to the window to close the shades to like make the explosion look even cooler. And he sees Evan out there and he's like, oh, okay. And is like kind of sad. He's sad. It, I like the. It, it is important to note that Hank is not mad. He's just sad that Evan is not interested. Although like one wonders though, if like this is the thing this stress of him seeing Evan outside is like part of what maybe leads Beast to have the panic attack and then the like regression. Oh, that's a good interpretation because he knows. I, I mean, he obviously knows who's gay and who is not gay. And yeah, he knows Evan is a mutant slash a queer kid. And he sees Evan like breaking out on his own and being rebellious and honestly not like repressing who he is and being like, fuck it. I'm not going to go to school. I'm going to skateboard. I'm going to like go to the yeah. park. I'm going to use my powers. I don't give a shit. And he's like out there doing it. And B sees this. That's and a is good like, point because like, even like in the earlier episodes with Evan, he was throwing spikes around and Roro was like, you really shouldn't do that. And yeah. Spike is like, why? Like, why <laughs> yeah. is everybody telling me to hide this? Yeah. I mean, Evan is definitely one of the rebellious characters who's much further over the spectrum than Scott. Yeah. Um, on everything because Evan didn't grow up in with Xavier like he's from another he's from New York City he doesn't give a shit yeah. like he he definitely is the rebel so anyway Beast then kind of has this panic attack and then starts like groaning and screaming in pain and like knocks over a bunch of beakers in front oh, of the he, students I know. he's like knocking shit all over the castle but then he turns around he's like everything's great nothing to see here and all the kids are like what is happening and he's like, like i just need to leave for like five minutes and like stumbles out of the room and all the kids are like what the fuck he looks like he's having a heart attack yeah, and so he stumbles scary. into the bathroom he just starts reciting poetry i didn't write any of okay, it down, but so he starts screaming i feel like this actually matters so because the poems he's reciting are like all depressing as fuck. So the poem he's saying it's from Hamlet. It's the speech where Hamlet is deciding whether to kill himself. It's the famous to be or not to be, but it's like excerpts from that. And like yeah. the other speech that he gives is a Macbeth speech where Macbeth is also like talking about death. And so I think if you're an adult and you're watching this, you're like, oh, Beast is like considering suicide. Like there's not really a better way to take that. I, I did not know that's what yeah. those Shakespeare pieces were. So that just became way darker than I already thought this episode <laughs> I was. I was like, oh my God, like he might die. Okay. So that's the place Beast is in mentally. This and is where Ma Maddie is an English major. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. Usually on X-Men TAS, when Beast was saying a poem, Sometimes I Google it and I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. That like actually symbolizes something. And sometimes I Google it and be like, that's just some stupid shit. And I would like try <laughs> to at least like say which way or the I other. I think this show is going to actually nail it across the board. It seems like they're picking things pretty specifically. So I felt like it's worth noting that. So then Beast is like, again, having some type of heart attack. So he rips the sink out of the wall while screaming and like throws it at the wall. And it's like clearly doing fine. But I don't even know what happens because then the next shot is Principal Kelly 
taping off the bathroom, which has been destroyed. There's a huge hole in the wall now. There's no door. I think Beast like threw the sink through the wall and he's got super strength. So it like threw oh, it through oh, the wall. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. thought I didn't realize. I, okay. This is just me in my head thinking that the sinks and the mirrors were on the other side of the bathroom. Mm. I don't know. The, I mean, they could have been. I don't know. But I that was how I interpreted it because like we don't see what happens, but we do see Beast rip the you're sink right, off the though. wall. So I think he throws it through the wall or maybe he himself could kool-aid man bust through the wall <laughs> just there's screams. a huge hole in the wall so like we don't know yeah, what can you imagine it. him busting through and being like oh yes <laughs> he's screaming oh no because he's like so freaked out that he's oh gay. no oh my god okay meanwhile <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> principal kelly is taping it off with some caution tape okay and mystique slash risty wild mystique's like cosplay character as a high school student risty wild <laughs> He's like so transparently nosy here. And she's like, um, hello, what's going on? Uh, here's my opinion. What happened here? Yeah. And Principal Kelly's like, um, I don't actually know what caused this, which like he's openly admitting to a child that like he doesn't know what the fuck is happening at his school. Uh, Okay. Again, this episode is another episode where I'm like, I can see why Principal Kelly goes against mutants towards the end of the season you can't understand it but it's also like it's awful they're so screwed like because principal kelly is just becoming more and more radicalized well you know what's weird is that even in this episode like he's still up until like the very last minute he seems kind of concerned about hank for the most part so like i don't even it's interesting i feel like principal kelly again is a character who probably would have been on their side if any of them had gone to him for help. Instead, I mean, I they just like Xavier for this again because like Xavier yeah, was same. the person who fucked well, it up. Well, because in the again, first place. he's the one. Yeah, this is again. We'll get there. Right. So anyway, so <laughs> know, after I all know. this, Kurt is trying to tell Kitty that it was Beast who did it, yes. and Kitty's like, "What are you even talking about? He's like the coolest teacher here, and he's so nice and calm." Kurt, he's not even gay, and Kurt's like, "I'm pretty sure he is, dude." Like, <laughs> you're pretty sure. Yeah. Kurt is like, "I'm pretty sure he's gay. I'm pretty sure he's." freaking out about being gay and it's like causing problems for him and kitty's like it's fine anyway i'm having a panic attack about geometry now and just like walks into geometry <laughs> yeah, I know. kitty freaking out about geometry is like genuinely the major side plot of this episode and like i don't really know why it's there but it's kind of cute like she just is having a problem with geometry in this entire I don't, episode i don't know it's like they were like let's take the ca- the two smartest characters on the show and show what they're having issues with yeah i don't know yeah Yep. So then it goes to Evan, who's skating with his friends, yep. and he passes an auditorium where he hanks. Here's Hank reciting more poetry. Yeah. So it's like an amphitheater. This is like where we used to practice for Connecticut. The, the musical. first musical. Oh <laughs> it's my like god! An this outdoor amphitheater. Before, in a okay. Park. Before I'm going to clarify that we did a bunch of shows, but the very first show we ever did, we didn't have a rehearsal space, we so didn't. we used an outdoor amphitheater. Which honestly which was, was a good idea. It's completely free, and like no one was there. People would like yeah. We and sometimes them people all would. Away. So? Sometimes people would come sit down and watch us perform. It was fun. Yeah, but, it was fun. But after that, we got like actual rehearsal spaces. So yes, thank that's God. True. That- Although the very first year we had, we all were in an outdoor amphitheater. So anyway, it reminded me of that. So Beast is doing a cosplay musical by himself in an outdoor amphitheater and it's Macbeth. Um, and basically the Macbeth monologue is, is like Macbeth saying, if you have to die, you have to go down fighting. And like, that's really fucking sad. Okay. So I know because this is following up with his suicide attempt. Apparently, yeah. Or like him considering it. And like, yeah, it's like, should I kill myself or should I fight myself? Killing yeah, myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so beast or, and so Evan walks up and is like, 
uh, Mr. McCoy? Because, like, Hank is just spiraling alone in an amphitheater in the park, like, He's also screaming wearing a poetry. huge goth trench coat. Did it's, you notice that? I Yeah, he's having a problem. This is the only time he wears this. He just, like, after he has his freak out, he goes Ryan Pagella style. He gets his goth <laughs> trench coat out of the closet and it's runs to like the nearest empty theater and starts dark singing. poetry. Yeah, and, like, I mean, that is exactly what I did at high school. Do you, you weren't there for that. I but mean, I, I know you did that. Like, I I was, like, around in your life, even though we didn't go to the same school. Well, you, I mean, you were in a different school, but you weren't hanging yeah, out with I me. I was doing it also in a different school. That's true. You were. That's really funny. At least you actually tried out for shows back then. Back then, I was uh, like, yeah. I'm just going to go sing alone in the I auditorium. I good, though. Anyway, so Evan is, like, thinking that Hank is, is mad at him because Hank is, like, screaming at him, but, like, not really yeah. seeing him. And so Evan is like, if this is about me cutting class, I'm sorry. Seriously, teach. I'm not trying to play you. You've got my attention now. And then Hank like slams his hands into the side of the amphitheater, like near Evan's head. Yeah, he does like the the Super Smash Brothers Donkey Kong twirly punch thing where he like winds up and then punches the wall. Yeah, and Evan like slinks out of the way and is like, it's me, Evan. And like can tell that Hank isn't really like seeing him. And then Hank kind of snaps out of it for a second. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. And then Evan's friends like see him catch up to him and they're like calling out to him from far away. And Evan is kind of like, oh, okay, like, are you going to be okay? And then Hank is like not even looking at him and he's just like, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? What is- I don't know, but I did like that scene where Evan's yeah. like looking at this old, older gay man that like is clearly having an issue. And he's yeah. like, dude, are you like, okay? Because yeah. even though I skipped your class, I'm still pretty concerned about your situation here. And also like, I think that Evan probably guesses that Hank is a mutant. I mean, I would. I'd be like, what is happening? I think I think they're all kind of have been figuring it out throughout the season. You yeah. know, it's kind of like that same situation with Scott and the sunglasses, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's just well, interesting I guess, except because... Except for Kenny, because Kurt's figured it out. Yes, so. Kurt's figured it out um, and Evan's figured it out, but somehow Kitty hasn't. I, I don't know. It's just interesting to see how each character sort of puts it together on their own and is like, how do I help this person without directly asking them? Actually, that's a really good point because because we do get to see almost all of them have a different reaction because later Gene has one. I think, I don't know about Rogue, but we'll get there. So anyway, so Evan skates home and he finds a big package for Kitty on the front steps. And we get to see the address of the X-Mansion finally, which I looked up on Google Maps and somebody has created a location on Google Maps in this spot that wait, is wait, wait, Xavier's wait, wait, excuse me. What is the address so A, all of our listeners can Google it and okay, also so I can real, right now? It's not a real address, but it is I don't care. 1407 Gray Malkin Lane, first of all. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So it is the exact one in the comic books. Yeah, and then it's Bayville, New York. Wait, there's like a little thing that says Xavier's school and it's got like the picture from the movie. It's like the Generation X one. Yeah, like somebody created like a Google Maps entry for this. I don't know who did that, but somebody has done this. Oh, you know who did? This is just going to annoy you. Is it me? Did I do it in the past? No, it it shows you on the thing who owns, who created the property. Fox? Fox Foxmovies.com. That actually makes sense to me. That doesn't annoy me. It's like a marketing thing. Whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Um, But anyway, it's not technically in Bayville, New York, because that's not like the right zip code or whatever. But um, it's like in 
North Salem or something like that. I don't fucking know. It's in a different town. I don't know either. So anyway, now we're going to go into like this weird like Shi'ar battle. Oh my god. A simulation. Okay, so all the X-Men are there except for Evan. So it's like Rogue, Scott, Gene, Kitty, and Kurt. And they're all in their their suits. They're all practicing in the danger room. They're like running through a He-Man background and it's like a Shi'ar battleground. I don't fucking know. There's a bunch of orbs around. They're actually doing pretty well. I mean, like Kitty's phasing through the orbs and eventually one hits Rogue. And Rogue's like, well, I Yeah, and she just like sits on the ground and she's like, I guess I'm out. And like, it's very (laughs) Rogue. It's like like the goth kid who's like in gym and is like i don't want to do this so like rogue just sits down she's like yeah i'm not fucking doing this um (laughs) and then kurt gets the platform with the switch on it which i guess is like the end and he's like come on we're running out of time he's like waiting for everybody else to get there and then scott goes back for rogue and rogue's like forget it i got hit like i'm out and scott is like no one gets left behind and he like throws <laughs> her over his shoulder and is like yeah running rose back. is like wildly embarrassed yeah, by she's all of it just like i don't then there's a buzzer and it fades away to be the danger room and storm is finally back from africa i guess i like how they didn't explain what she, she was doing she doesn't even so, like, explain it she's not like oh i'm back she's just like oh hello i'm she's, here again. she's like okay anyway so Storm is like, oh, you did a good job, everybody. You know, she's like, good save and rescuing Rogue Scott. Mm-hmm. And also Nightcrawler, you did a good job at not pulling the lever before everyone got there. You want to make sure everyone was safe. And of course, Scott's like, well, we didn't even complete the mission. And Storm's <laughs> like, yeah, it's not even the point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Although she doesn't even get to say that because like Rogue is like, well, Spike was supposed to have my back, which is Evan's codename, of course. And Evan like rollerblades into the room like, I don't know, three hours late, like very late. I don't, I don't know. And he's like, he's all like, am I late? And everybody basically is like, fuck you. You're not reliable. Yeah. And it's like, he clearly comes up with this excuse about what he was doing because he doesn't want to tell them about Hank's I know. weird thing he's Although, going through. To which, be fair, he was also skateboarding with his friends. Like there's a I mean, little he bit was. of like lying and a little bit of like him not wanting to talk about Hank. I mean, it's like... It's interesting. I I was thought it was believable that he wasn't fully honest. I don't know. I kind of appreciated that he kept Hank's thing under wraps here. Yeah, and he was like, yeah. I'm not sure what the right thing to do is there. And I know, I know. And it's Evan, and he wasn't going to go to the professor about it because Evan already doesn't trust Professor Xavier. I mean, why would anyone in this situation? I don't know. And so, anyway, so even Aurora's like, nobody can count on you anymore. And which I was like. So says the woman who's just been gone this entire season. Yeah, Storm hasn't even been around to, like, help him. And she's his aunt. I didn't, I just isn't even a dig on Storm. I just don't like that on this show. She's just randomly not here. I don't like it. But, I mean, on the one hand, I'm like, I feel like there's a slightly better written way for them to do this. Where Aurora's like, okay, Evan, like, you know, you're my nephew. And I'm, like, trying to actually help you out here. And... What? It, how can I help you? But like they, they don't actually write a scene for the two of them here. It's just like they, one line. I, no, they don't. I wish they had. But anyway, so then we're going to skip out of this and Kitty <laughs> runs upstairs and I love that everybody's still in their training costumes. And yep. Scott just collapses on the couch yeah. like he's exhausted and Kitty's like, oh, it's here. My package is finally here. <laughs> and Scott's like, what the fuck? And she pulls out the hat from Devo, like the yeah, Devo hats. It's the pyramid hat. Yeah, it's blue. Yeah. I don't know why this plot line is here other than that it's very funny and they needed something funny to happen in this like wild yeah, because otherwise dark it's too dark because the other character is like gonna commit suicide yeah, and it's, it's like, like okay we need something funny here and it's kitty buying a pyramid hat on from like some scam website where she's like um if i put it on it'll make me smarter and i read it oh online my God. because kitty's like have her live journal and everything i hate to say this but this is the kind of shit that katie would buy because she always <laughs> buys for the span sites and she gets it delivered and she's like this isn't even what it showed me on the thing and i'm like why do you keep buying these 
she goes, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's very funny. And so like she puts it on and she's like, be honest. Do you like it? And Scott is like staring at her like it's... (laughs) A fucking Scott, Scott's just like, I think you head. look like an idiot, dude. Yeah. Like, what do you want me to say? No, he doesn't say that. It's important that he doesn't say that because she gets mad you at him You know that's what he's thinking. I know. You know. Instead, he's like, it's very unique. And Kitty's like, it's supposed to stimulate brain power. And Scott's like, oh my God, you're fucking obsessing right, well, about okay, geometry great. again. And Kitty's like, whatever. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And she like flounces off. <laughs> so then we're back at school. Um, Hank runs into Evan in the hallway and he's like, oh, hey, I want to talk to you. And Evan, once again, is like, I'm so sorry about cutting class and is like freaking out because he thinks he's in trouble. Yeah. And Hank is like, it's not that I wanted to apologize for what happened in the amphitheater. You caught me to bad time. I just like to go there to get my head together. I read it. It's like you caught me when I was being really gay in secret. Yeah, it's like you caught me when I was like full on panicking about the fact that I'm gay and like, let's not tell anyone about that. And Evan's like, it's cool. It's fine. I like really felt for Evan here because like this is so awkward. The both of them. And then also like Hank says, I guess the Shakespeare thing gets to my head. And I was like, sure, I understand. Yeah. And Hank says something along the lines of like, oh, I know you do. You're a really bright kid. You've got a great future. You're clearly very smart. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of potential. And then he brings him over to a trophy case and shows him trophies. And yeah, there's like a framed I like picture. I like this line, actually. Yeah. So like there's a picture of Hank when he was a kid, like playing football. And Evan is like, oh, wow, you played at Bayville. And Hank is like, yeah, for three years, it would have been four, but I goofed off as a freshman. And it wasn't until I became part of a real team that I truly realized my potential. Pick your friends wisely, Evan. They shape us in many ways. Oh, and skipping class. If you memorize this little Shakespeare passage, we'll forget about it. And like hands him a little piece of paper. And Evan's kind of like, okay, I don't know. I just really like this line. It's like one of the few things where I was like, for once, somebody's giving Evan some good advice about life as opposed to like Xavier being passive aggressive. And like, I don't know. Yeah, I Xavier it. just doesn't actually give the advice that's helpful in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, and so then Hank immediately heads into girls field hockey practice because like his entire life is work. Yeah. And like, it's just suddenly happening. And so Evan kind of watches it from the doorway and Jean is on the team, by the way. Um, I think that's the only character we know in this scene other than Evan and Hank, of course. Oh yeah. This is important to note because then when Hank shows up later, cause Jean kind of sees what's about to go down and yep. she starts wondering and then Hank shows up later. So mm-hmm. Evan's watching this and he sees that Hank starts having a moment again where he's going into a full-on panic attack yeah and like some dumbass girl is just like on a skates and she's like help i can't stop myself catch me oh no i'm a girl stop help me and it's like oh my god 2000 was happening. not like she's like skating into it's because it was teacher. 2000 and it's like they had introduced the idea of like roller derby for girls but like I don't even the world know. wasn't ready for the idea of it apparently I don't know so anyway so <laughs> Hank growls and grabs her really aggressively and she just screams yeah. and like Evan runs over and quickly covers for him and is like good catch Dr. Mr. McCoy and then he's like, oh, whoops. And Jean watches this go down. She's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, but she also covers for him because the girl skates away and Jean, and the girl is like, oh, Hank seemed really mad at me. And Jean is like, no, you just surprised him. And is like looking at Evan like, what the fuck? And like, they're both kind of looking is, at This Hank. is when Jean's figuring out that yeah. Hank is also gay. I mean, the gay 
metaphor for mutant here i mean that's what it is yeah it, i mean I it's think not it even is like them realizing he's repressing something and like in this right. case it's his mutant powers and they're both like this is a sign of how bad it is for you to do that which like they've at least learned that from xavier like you can't be fucking doing this shit so and meanwhile evan goes over to hank he's like hey are you feeling okay and hank's like yeah i'm fine i'm just you know like a little jumpy today bye or like okay gene and evan are just like looking at each other and hank like are you fucking serious yeah, this is what gene figures out now it goes to xavier's institute i actually laughed really hard at this but xavier's institute is surrounded it's like dracula's fucking mansion right yeah now. there's like fucking it's dark shrouded in clouds there's lightning crashing down around it which is a really funny image to be like xavier's institute is just fucking like some evil shit that's mm-hmm, happening mm-hmm. i know it's supposed to be the animator is utilizing this atmosphere to build the storm raging inside of Beast right now. Yeah. But like, it's just to me, I'm like, oh, well, it's Xavier's evil fucking mansion. Yeah, it looks Here we so go. evil. And um, so Evan is trying to m- memorize the like witches spells from Macbeth. That for some reason is whatever. I don't know. I don't know if that means anything, but that's what that is. Then Kitty walks in. She's like, want to wear my Devo hat? Doesn't it look good? Like, it will make your brain work and help you memorize your lines. And And Evan's Evan's like, like, I don't want to fucking wear this. And Kitty's like, whatever. Then she leaves. The doorbell rings. Evan wears the hat through the house, though, which I thought was really funny. It is really funny. Like, after Kitty leaves, Evan, like, silently puts on the hat, which, like, honestly is funny. Like, it's, like, the only funny (laughs) stuff in this episode. Fucking Devo hat. It's, like, I know it's a pyramid hat, but it's, like, why is this a side No, I mean, it is a Devo hat. Like, who's wearing the hat in this scene? Why? It's not relevant to anything. It's just funny. <laughs> so then um, Gene answers the door to the doorbell and it's Hank McCoy, like dramatically standing in the darkness. And he's like, I'm here to see Professor Xavier. Yeah. Which, well, like, first Gene okay. is, she's like, Mr. McCoy, what are you doing here? So now, so now it's like Kurt, Evan, Gene, and uh, Scott have figured out that Hank is a mutant. Well, Scott hasn't. No, he has Wait, in the previous did- episode. With the whole oh, thing when like... Oh, yeah. Okay, I've already forgotten about that. Anyway, it's fine. I don't have a brain. I need to wear the Devo hat so that I can remember <laughs> this shit. So you... I know it helps stimulate you in all sorts of ways. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this is the beauty ages. Uh, anyway, so then Xavier and Hank go into Xavier's office and there's like spooky lighting and... and like uh, a fucking fire like in the foreground, the fireplace. Well, that's, I mean, that's, Xavier's always got that going on. And this, this scene is so fucked up it's like hank being like hank's like okay so you reached out to me when i was young and about being gay and a mutant but mostly being gay yeah and and like i should have listened to you i I should have listened to you but i can't control it anymore professor i'm so gay i don't know what to do i need your help he's like trying to get rid of it like that is his story is by being like i'm trying to get rid of this thing like i don't want to be gay it's like i i feel like it's evil and xavier's like well tell me hank how do you feel and hank's like it's like I've got an animal inside of me, a beast, and it's tearing me apart. And he's like shaking his hand dramatically into yeah, the air. Yeah. And Xavier's like, uh, it sounds like you've been suppressing that you're gay for many, many years. I mean, how are you even doing that? And Hank's <laughs> like, well, through this magic serum I created, and it's not working because it's totally a placebo. It's just like some orange juice that he's yeah, pulling I mean, into. Yeah, that's a- your theory is that it's like a placebo. I mean, who knows if it is or not? It doesn't really matter. Um, who it's really knows? not working. Yeah, because uh, that's what he says. Hank's like, but it's not working anymore. Please, you've got to help me before anybody else gets hurt. And Xavier screams, okay, <laughs> I got to go in your mind. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Except he goes in for like a second yeah, and like he immediately second. determines... Well, okay, first he goes in and he sees that there's like, a, he sees a, a variation of Beast running around and 
like yeah. a black void in his head. Yeah, and the beast, the version of beast in the sort of astral projection of their minds, like tries to attack Xavier, and Xavier like blips with his way out of there. It's also very werewolfy. Yeah, I mean, it's basically beast is like a werewolf slash the Hulk in this episode. It's sort of similar. yeah. Well, Xavier basically sees like the gay manifestation of Hank inside his head, and Beast is like, "What did you see?" And Xavier's like, Nothing. "I looked into your brain for two seconds. I decided I don't want to help you." Yes. I was like. Fuck you, Xavier. The Beast is like, why? I may hurt somebody if I don't like get help about this. And Xavier's like, guess you've got to quit all your jobs and come out of the closet or you got to get this under control and continue to repress things. And I was like, I mean, I he doesn't actually say to come out of the closet. Like he basically is just like, you need to suppress it more. Like that was how I interpreted Xavier's lines. Like I feel like Xavier could have told Beast like, stop trying to suppress this. Stop using the serum. It's too late. Like, well, why didn't Xavier offer to help him and be like, okay, so you need to stop using this and like come like, out. You can't just not use your mute empowers there's like, what safety the fuck? here if you're worried about having sort of like a uh, withdrawal or something we can do it safely here with the 20 fucking mutants that are here yeah and beast is like you don't understand teaching is my life i'm nothing without teaching yes. and xavier's like just continue to suppress it naturally without your magic medicine and you can teach and not be out of the closet yeah it's almost like they're talking about different things where like xavier's like talking about the idea of suppressing it like in front of other people where he's like oh it's okay to like be a mutant but like you have to keep it private which is like this like very conservative gay metaphor where he's like well xavier is a very conservative gay you know just like don't let anybody know like don't ask don't tell like it's all completely fine but like you do need to suppress it in public and like that's how you should be hank and hank is basically like yeah. i can't really suppress this at all period and i like need you to get rid of it entirely and xavier's like well i'm not gonna do that but also get better at suppressing it like have you ever tried that and hank is just like i'm gonna go xavier i, guess, I don't know what you're doing helping me like yeah it's awful so then hank runs okay i like that he doesn't even go to a private lab he goes back to the, the high school. school yeah i don't know if he has a private lab he's a fucking public school teacher like he doesn't <laughs> yeah, have a private lab makes three dollars an hour yeah so anyways there's like a lab montage for like a full 20 minutes and mm-hmm. then eventually hank drinks this like magic serum he's created and then he just starts screaming wildly yeah which principal kelly is also at why the is principal school. kelly at the school in the I middle of the know. night i don't everyone's know everyone's just working at 9 p.m at this school so he hears this and he's like what the fuck is that uh because hank decided to do this at the school and so hank turns into beast he turns into the actual big blue, blue. furry beast that we love and that's what i see mm-hmm. so kelly runs over to the science lab and he looks in there and sees that it's been completely obliterated yeah and he's like what the fuck is this and then like blue beast pops up and is like Rah! and then they like have a huge chase scene and he spends like the next five minutes trying to kill principal kelly which mm-hmm. it's like, no wonder he doesn't like mutants. And yeah. it's unfortunate because he's just like having all these horrible run-ins. I know. Which I know. I think, I, to be honest with you, this is a background we do not get in the comic books in which we see Senator Kelly become an anti-mutant senator. But then he turns it around and goes back on their side. And if I had the background of seeing that Senator Kelly had all this weird mutant related shit like just these very unlucky i mean i feel like this can happen in real life where like people like become radicalized because they like happen to have a bad experience and like that is not good what's important is that principal kelly or principal that senator kelly then turns it around afterwards he's like actually i'm gonna like help mutants because i I was wrong wrong and like they're people and i was just being an asshole this whole fucking time and i feel like that's where the show is going because it was building him up to sort of get to that position and then down again and Mm -hmm. i think that was an interesting way to build this character yeah i agree anyway 
So now he's locked himself in a room while Beast is pounding on it and roaring like fucking Godzilla. Yeah. Or King Kong, I should say. That's a more accurate uh, metaphor. <laughs> yeah. And then he, Principal Kelly somehow gets him to go away by pulling the fire alarm. I think because then the fire trucks show up. And like that doesn't I don't know if that makes Beast go away, but it does mean like the cops well, show up, the fire trucks show up, everything shows up. Yeah. So but then he yeah, Principal Kelly crawls out of the room dramatically and finds Hank's like lab coat just on the ground. Torn it up. says Dr. McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. So so then he knows that it's Beast or that Beast is Hank McCoy. And so then. Yeah. And it's important to know is that Principal Kelly does pick it up. He goes, Hank, like in a very concerned tone. But yeah, then like he like sad. flips the switch. This is him starting to flip the switch. Yeah. Where he's like, damn. OK. So then we see a reporter on TV, like interviewing Principal Kelly. And the reporter, well, first we see the reporter reporting that somebody is destroying the entire city. Yeah. A wild beast is destroying the city. So basically like Beast, like repressed being gay for 35 years and now it's come out in a really horrible dangerous way i don't know now he has he's gonna kill people which is like a pretty fucking sad way to go in terms of plot lines but like okay i i know (laughs) and then so then the news reporter's interviewing principal kelly and principal kelly is like i know who it is it's dr hank mccoy he tried killing me and he's gone mad yeah so then that that's when the reporter's like okay well the cops are gonna try and find this like now rogue mutant yep. gay man and they're just gonna shoot him dead that's the plan it's sad and it's like really dark but also very realistic unfortunately yeah so then evan and all the rest of the x-men are like watching this on television and evan is like yeah. really sad about it and is like damn like that's my teacher and like this is not how it should be happening um and so then logan is like based on sightings in the wake of damage it's clear he's headed north and I'm going to find him, but I'm going to hit on him. And we're going to be best <laughs> friends. Yeah. I don't know like, what Logan's plan is here. They're like, oh, okay, great. And so. everybody's like, oh, okay, Logan. And Logan's like, he's a kindred spirit with me. I know what it's like to be a gay animal bear. And I'm going to find this guy. <laughs> and Xavier's like, okay, Logan, you need to like do that in your private time. So <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Xavier, Xavier's just like, all right, let's head him off. And like, remember, please don't hurt him. Like, we just want to take him in safely. So the X-Men drive off and they're like tank truck thing that they have. And they like find yeah this they have junkyard. like 15 different kinds of vehicles but whatever so yeah. they go to this junkyard where Jean and kitty are kind of taking the lead yeah which was interesting it's interesting like this is by this point they've just kind of accepted that like these high school students are like capable of going it alone so like people are splitting off into like little sets of, of teams yeah and Jean and kitty are together i guess they're a little bit more experienced than the new mutants Definitely. which i think is the point because the new points the new mutants we don't spend as much time with them but they clearly are at the experience that we saw the x-men in season one yeah you know so Jean finds some tracks on the ground and she's like they're huge they must be his and there's a bunch more like dramatic thunder there's gonna be a lot of dramatic thunder for the rest of the app <laughs> none of it's being caused by a roro it's just no on its, it's own. just real thunder and so then beast growls in the background and then like leaps around and kitty's like i'll track him call the others um and gene calls wolverine and is like we found your new boyfriend <laughs> and kitty kitty looks around and is like where is he and then beast leaps up behind her and tries to grab her and kitty like phases through it and then Jean uses her telekinesis to like throw a car at Beast to knock him out. But then he just like lifts the car over his head and like jumps at her. And she like keeps pushing him away with her mind. And yeah, then but then Logan... all of a sudden, Logan just tears apart the fence with his claws yep. and immediately gets on top of Beast and they roll around for like, Ten I don't minutes? know, like, I don't yeah, know, like on the ground growling. And I don't know what is happening here. I'm like, 
I, Logan's not helpful in this episode. He has no reason to be here. He's just here to like roll around with Beast. Yeah, on the like ground. he doesn't subdue Beast. He just kind of like kills except, some except time. Except for that moment when fucking Beast. Okay, did you see that part where Beast throws Wolverine off finally, and Be- Wolverine lands on top of this pole, in which he like sexually like pole dances his way down to the <laughs> bottom of it. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I laughed so hard. I was like, why did he do that? Like, he, like, did a whole little pole dance routine and got to the bottom. But I was uh, like, uh. Okay, there is a point where Evan, like, walks in on the two of them wrestling and just, like, back slowly away from it. <laughs> which is, like, very funny. I, I don't know. It's just, like, this moment where it's like, oh, I guess the two adults are doing something. I don't really know what it is. I'm going to go. I mean, neither do we know. We don't know either, but it seems pretty gay. Yeah. So Beast leaps away and Logan's like, I'm going to follow him. Everybody else stay together. And Kitty's like, where the fuck are they going? And Evan's like, I don't know. He's going to get his head together. And then like Evan runs off because he knows to go to the amphitheater and like doesn't tell anybody else what's going on. I wish he would tell him what's going on because now it looks like to them that he's just like leaving again. I know, I know. But anyway, they they follow him. um, And Gene is like, Spike, we have to stay together. And they're like running after Evan. And we see a police car like rolling by in the background with sirens going. And I was worried that there was going to be like some police action. But oh, God, I forget that that was happening in this. There's like a lot of dark shit happening. But there first, is. luckily, the police don't find them. They don't find him. But instead, Roro Rogue and Kurt all find him at the top of this building and alley in which he starts like throwing rocks. Yeah. OK, no, I was laughing so hard because it was essentially Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong where they're at the bottom and they have to go up like these little like fire escapes yeah, to and like beast is like rolling rocks and and like barrels down the fire escape. Kurt's just like I'm just gonna teleport up there yeah. so he does and beast isn't up there anymore and he's like what and then beast turns out to be hanging off the side of the building and he jumps up pushes Kurt and him through the ceiling into this building which turns out to be like a Batman the animated series warehouse full of like empty crates yeah it's like everything is such a video game here too and so like it really they're is. all walking around the crates and then Beast suddenly like pops out of one he's like Rah! and it's like I don't know why this scene is here it's just killing time it just goes on for a while and that, that was really funny because I was like Beast somehow had time to get inside a crate after they crashed close yeah, the and, crate like, and hide, hide. In there and then like leap out of it it's like why? dramatically but Scott just hits him with his legs laser eyeballs so it's so good but that doesn't even work because then b still runs away again and eventually ends I up know. at the amphitheater where evan has just been sitting there waiting for him this whole time which i mean i like but then again the lightning is crashing dramatically around him yeah. and beast is just there he shows up hanging off the edge of the amphitheater the like he's fucking king Kong. Yeah. and evan's like mr mccoy <laughs> and beast appears to get ready to attack him and evan's like this isn't you teach don't do this you gotta fight this thing be gay. It's okay. <laughs> and then Logan like uh, spirals into the frame and like leaps on top of Beast. And, then and, it, and there's like another 10 minutes of them rolling around on I the know. ground groaning and moaning. And I was like, Logan's got like one move. I know. I know. It works pretty well. And so Evan's like shouting into this communicator and he's like, he's in the amphitheater. Hurry. And like everybody else shows up. <laughs> yeah. And like Jean uses her telekinesis to like try to help Logan. But like, is Logan even really doing anything? Debatable. And then Evan walks up to Beast and there's like this dramatic moment where evan is like quoting the Macbeth poem i don't know that yeah. it's really helping per se but he memorized the poem and that's something i also made a note that said i hope maddie wrote this down because i did not <laughs> i started to and i was like i wrote the I part did, was- and i looked up what the poem is i mean like i said before it's the poem the witches or the the various spells that the witches say in Macbeth. which i would say there's no meaning to this if people think that there is i would love to to hear it you can write into the 
Ages at Gmail. Maybe it's just Evan trying to like snap him out of it, being so, like, okay. But I don't think it works. And then instead, what does work is that Kurt bamps away, gets Savior, and then bamps back in with Savior. Well, Evan's still reciting this, by the way. I don't really know if it like actually helps him or not. Unclear. And although tell Evan not to do it, and Evan's just like, he's like, come like shadows, soda parts, sleep neither day or night, <laughs> hey, upon his penthouse lid. <laughs> yeah, he's like saying all these lines. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So then Xavier uses his mind power. We don't even see what happens. Like, we just see it fade out. Well, you see Xavier like using his mind powers on Hank, and yeah. he's like, Hank, you know what's happening. Take control. You're stronger than the beast. Don't give up. You're gay. I'm willing to give Xavier the benefit of the doubt here and be like, this is the moment where Xavier actually does help Beast on some type Why of level. Why did he wait until all this other shit happened, though? I like, don't know. It feels very Xavier, where Xavier, like, knew that this would happen and, like, didn't stop it and was like, well, the Beast is going to take over. But, like, he's, like, sitting there being... I'm just screaming. Sorry. Like, Xavier's just, like, sitting there being like... Well, I'm going to wait until you completely destroy your actual fake identity of being straight. Try to kill a bunch of people, destroy people, get the cops to try and murder you. Turn into a blue beast because I already know that's going to happen no matter what. And then now, now I'm going to step in. It's like you could (laughs) have stepped in before you did any of that. Like he literally came to you, dude. Yeah, I think think it's also like, but beast wouldn't have taken it at that point. I mean, you're you're totally right. Like if Xavier was like, you're going to turn into a blue beast no matter what, like there's nothing you can do like beast would have just been like i'm gonna fight it harder and so i guess xavier just made the executive decision not to try in the comic books like the thing that makes him blue is because he keeps on taking that serum to try and cure himself and instead he just becomes an actual beast i mean it could be that here too we don't know i don't know we never find out yeah so now they're downstairs in the med lab well first of all it goes to the mansion it's daytime it's beautiful out Mm -hmm. and all the kids are watching the broadcast where they're saying that hank mccoy can't be found anymore but the police are looking for him so they can kill him basically that's much, like yeah. what that is. And downstairs in the med lab, Beast is like blue. Okay. And blue. <laughs> but and he's he, blue. He is Beast for good. He kind of looks like, I don't know, for some reason, he starts looking like Goliath the gargoyle. He definitely here. does. He definitely has sort of a gargoyle's look or like Brooklyn a little bit. Like he could have been on that show. Yeah. So he's sighing and he's like looking in the mirror and he's like, I still look like a monster. And Xavier's like, but you're now in the one place that that doesn't matter. You know, besides Mystique's house or Asteroid M. Yeah, or like any number of other places, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> the um, Morlocks, I don't know. So Beast is like, I can still feel it though inside. And Xavier's like, and you probably always will. Which like, this is the helpful advice Xavier didn't fucking give him before. But whatever. I know. Whatever. Well, maybe he was like, Beast won't hear this, so whatever. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. I just, it's like, did Beast need to destroy his entire life in order for him to come to this realization? I like don't know if I buy that, but whatever. I don't know. Well, then Beast is like, the worst part is the very thing I feared most has happened. My teaching days are over now that I look like this. And Evan's like, well, that's not true, Teach. Professor Xavier can hide you, help hide who you are like <laughs> yeah. he does with Kurt. The fucking image inducer, which like, that's the savior way. I know. <laughs> so Beast is like, why would I do that? So the police can kill me faster? Yeah. And Evan's like, well, we can change it, you to look like anyone. Yeah, like you don't have to be Hank McCoy again, even though that's like who you are. Wait, okay, but here's the thing that I find interesting is that Beast says, with a beast inside trying to claw his way out, I just can't risk it. Which to me translates that Beast is like, you know what? I'm out now. Like, I'm not going to go back. Yeah, which I would have liked that way better if that was the line as opposed to him still framing it as like a violent thing where like this part of him that's a mutant is violent, which is like kind of sad, but whatever. It is kind of sad. I would like it better if Beast was like, I'm out of the closet, whatever. Which like you could argue the end of the episode so does him 
kind of accepting that. that. But we're like, not well, quite first thing Xavier says, what you need, Hank, are students who are also gay like you and need a man of your compassion to teach them and yeah. like, you know, somebody that they can relate to. Which is nice. Yeah. I like that. I did too. So then we go upstairs where <laughs> Kitty's, well, I guess Scott opens the trash and finds that Kitty's thrown away the hat and yeah. Scott's like, Why? Uh, so let me guess, you failed your geometry test? She's like, no, I aced it because I'm Kitty Pride. I'm a fucking super genius. Mm-hmm. She's like, I just looked in the mirror and realized I looked dumb as fuck. And she's like, why didn't you tell me? And Scott's like, uh... <laughs> there's no answer to this. <laughs> and then Xavier like wheels in and he's like, everybody, can I have your attention? Please say hello to the Institute's new faculty member. And they're all like, yay. Thanks, Mr. McCoy for teaching us. And then Bees Yeah, I mean, in. like, it's great because then Gene goes, welcome to the gay party, Mr. McCoy. And Hank says... Please, I go by my gay name now, Beast. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'm like, it's kind of interesting that he's like, I want to be called Beast because like, that's who I am now. And it's like, I don't know how to take it. He's like, he's like, I've accepted I'm gay. So I'm going by my gay name. It's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to try to take it as a positive because this episode is like, kind of really dark otherwise i mean (laughs) i actually really enjoy this episode i think it's pretty good i enjoyed uh, it a lot i enjoyed it a lot even though like the metaphor of it is very much like if there's a part of you that's like growing inside you it could become violent which is not ideal it's Uh, not that that is where it suddenly becomes cloaky advice it becomes cloaky and i'm like not as much of a fan of it However, but it's, a, it's almost the there in terms of stuff and the like the yeah. suicide stuff. I mean, like that's real shit and I'm fine with it if a kid's show wants to go there. Or taking taking your shit out on other people is entirely possible yes, if you repress. It it's like the same thing. Okay, so I mean, obviously there's a couple of things here. A couple of thoughts. Ryan's got thoughts, everyone. <laughs> the first thing I'm going to say is that in terms of the uh metaphor they're making here with it being a queer coding thing it's like yeah if you repress who you are in any form whether it be gay trans or even just like well like in therapy i go through stuff and i'm like oh i've been doing this habit for so long but it's like not even something i'm interested in my therapist is like why are you doing that and not doing anything you want and what it does is it just comes out in other weird other ways Mm -hmm. you know like because if you press anything if you press trauma that was my other thing if you press any kind of trauma then you do sort of like take it out on yourself most of the time, a lot of the times you can take it out on other people without realizing you're doing it. And I don't mean like physically, you could just very quickly become verbally snap at people. Yeah. yeah, And like, it's like, that's what it does. And I feel like that is where that actual metaphor is in terms of um, repressing yeah, a part of show. you yeah, yeah. that like you like, if you do that, something you, you just cause harm, harm, whether it's to you or other people. And it's not saying that if you're gay and you hide that shit, like you're going to start killing people. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, I mean, they kind of go there in this with the mutant metaphor, but it really is more of a metaphor. Like if if you don't help yourself, like, yeah, I mean, these are sort of the issues with the mutant metaphor, which we've gone over a billion times where it's like in this in this universe, it's like it is a superpower. It is like it's like more gun control and stuff like that. Yeah, I was going to say the metaphor for mutants and like any kind of uh, marginalized class coding, but especially in this one with the queer coding. It's it's really great and it works really well until you start comparing people like those marginalized classes to like guns. Yeah. At that point, it stops working. And then it's yeah. like, uh, well, this doesn't really work anymore because it's like it's like saying that gay people are dangerous inherently, which is like, of course, what was being said in the 90s. And like, that's not great. But I also think that this episode is trying to unpack some of that in a in a way by having Xavier be like this whole show is I mean, there is this whole implication here of like this older gay man 
feels like he's not safe to teach children. And like, that was like a stereotype and like a way that people were treated in this time. And like the fact that Beast is told by Xavier, like, that's fake. And like, you are fine. You're it's okay. If you teach kids, like you're safe to be around kids, you're safe to be around yourself. You just need to fucking love yourself more and like accept who you are. Right. And, like, you're not this inherently dangerous person who's going to like destroy these kids. Like, that's not even a thing. And like, that's a good lesson. Uh, well, I mean, that's like what should have happened, but that's not what Xavier actually I know, does. Not though. until the end. Okay. I will give Xavier credit for at the end. He says those things and he's like, it's important to these kids for you to be here for them. And like, that's, and be who you are and be compassionate and be the person you are. But I do, I do think you bring up a solid point that back then, like if you were gay and you were out of the, if you were a gay man out of the closet in year 2000, you would not be allowed to teach because they'd be like, Oh, that means be a doctor or pediatrician. Like there's so many things that you were not allowed to do or like socially allowed to do. Yeah. Cause that was during the time that if you were gay and out of the closet, people were like just accepting that gay people existed. But if you were gay and out of the closet, if you had any of those jobs that, means you're also like assaulting boys yeah, like which is like gayness and pedophilia were like always associated which is not true it's not it's, true again again it's like it seems like that time was so long ago but that was just 20 years ago for I us know. and i, I know, know that there's younger listeners who didn't completely experience that the way that yeah, we did although it still happens now those associations i would say and it, like, it does but it's like gotten a lot better you know yeah, it, i just feel like we're in a regression period right now where like we're back to some of those types of things and like people need to know that that's like such a common talking point like the idea that like yeah. gayness isn't safe for children and like shouldn't be in children's tv shows and like should like all that stuff like that's bullshit you know well we're just talking about how crazy it is that in media currently there's just gay characters and everything all of a sudden like it yeah, just but when that, did it I, was not always that way it was no it was not and that's what i'm saying i'm like it's like it's kind of crazy how sometime in the past six years when gay marriage was legalized we suddenly have gay it started off as like a few characters here and there now every show has show or movie has the one. point is this show had to do all those things in metaphors and so it's telling the story that it can where like Hank yeah. is representing this and like him coming to terms with like, oh, it's OK for me to be a mutant. And also this younger generation of kids below him is out and like more OK with themselves than Hank is, which is kind of cool. That, that like, is actually how it is now. Exactly. Where like Hank you is know? the older, like repressed person who's like well i had to hide who i am and xavier is too like xavier is also the person who's like i this is normal like we need to hide who we are in public all the time and the kids like evan is like not that way and he's like yeah i'm gonna fucking shoot spikes at everybody if i want like i don't fucking care like whatever and like that's a healthier way for them to be and hank is like afraid of it but learning about that and i don't know it's just interesting i think right now currently in the current world politics i think they're because when this all first started happening i don't know like 2014 when when legal when gay marriage was legalized there was that situation where the younger generation started to come out a lot more and now the younger generation like is very open about all of this which is great really cool but, yeah but there was a period of time for the first couple of years there where they were like suddenly a lot of adults that i knew that were like in their 40s and 50s and 60s slowly coming out of the closet and admitting mm -hmm. that they were like bi or gay and like like i saw a lot of marriages like quote unquote straight marriages break up in the yeah. past five years because they all finally came out of the closet I and know. like yeah and that they're being led by the younger generation and that is kind of what's happening in this story right now so yeah i was thinking about that a lot because at my middle school there was a teacher a guy 
who was gay but was closeted that entire time and he didn't come out of the closet until i was like in my 30s and how did you know about that because my mom ran into him and he really like was like yeah like i got divorced from my wife and like married a man and like she was like wow okay and it was weird (laughs) because like she told me this and i was like that's crazy because like in school kids would tease him for being gay which is like insane that children were teasing okay but see okay so that's there i I remember a few teachers i had in middle school and high school that we did the same thing which with because so they were clearly up that, like gay. i remember people, i wonder if they're out now and well, i honestly. remember at the time he was like i'm married to a woman and like i'm not gay and also you can't say that to me but like also like that's such a crazy memory that i even have that like that was like something that was happening then and also he was closeted and like but like that is like a piece of our queer history that like i know i don't know so, it's I don't like know. i was thinking about him so much when i was watching this episode it just like i don't know it reminded me of him and like that's a sad crazy way. i know it's bringing me back to my spanish teacher and also one of my like geography teachers who we definitely all pegged as gay people screamed that although this is this is even sadder this is actually closer to hank's story in which like the spanish teacher i had in seventh grade i forget his name like everybody kept on calling him gay and shit and he was like i'm not gay and then one day in the middle of class he just like flipped out and like screamed everybody stormed out and like took like a leave of absence wow yeah like that's what happened and he did not come back wow like damn you know and that's sad and i know that it is sad our listeners may be younger than us or the same age and if they're the same age or older then they probably remember it but if you're like probably have memories just like what we just shared of like things like that i know exactly but some of our younger listeners if we even have younger listeners that are like in their early teens (laughs) if you are then let me just let you know that like this is like a thing that was happening regularly like if you are don't tell your teachers they're gay don't do it (laughs) well they're i don't think kids even do that anymore i hope not i don't i think they've picked a new thing to make fun of teachers for because i hope so but it's also like it's so inappropriate and like cruel that people teenagers are horrible like we were horrible if you're a teenager listening to the show i'm not saying you're horrible but like just you know i was not teasing this teacher for being gay other people were doing no, this. No, I wasn't either, but I, I was, was horrible in other ways. I was hating myself during this yeah, time period. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. Yeah. Anyway, this has been a journey through Maddie and <laughs> Ryan's sad, childhood sad again, which is exactly why we have this show. It is why we have this show, and it's also why I really like this episode. I actually think I'm going to give it a five. I don't know. I give it a five out of five. I knew that as soon as I finished, which I is it. funny because it. It made me think when I watched lot. it when it first aired, I was like kind of bored by it at the time because like I was a teenager or whatever Mm -hmm. and i like i didn't really understand what was going on as an adult having gone through all these experiences i'm like this really nails it (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i agree i mean like stuff like the shakespeare thing and like all the little touches i was like this is pretty interesting i liked evan having a spotlight episode i liked that for him um as the character who's like from new york city and is like much more open about who he is and not giving a shit about authority not giving a shit about going to school like pairing him with someone like beast who's so repressed and and like in a it different works. way than Xavier, I thought was like a really interesting way to tell the story. Um, Me too. And I liked it. I thought it worked. I also really wanted well. to say that if you're watching along with us and you want to watch it because we're giving it a five out of five, I just am going to let you all know that like 
be aware there's a lot of triggers in this episode that I was not expecting. Yeah, so it is definitely heavy. I mean, we did just like explain to you what the triggers are, so you know yeah, what they are. So, but, but yeah, it's it also is very good. It um, is very so good. So I get a five it out of five. Very, very good. Um, and it's about being gay, which reminds me, gay. who's gay in this episode? The Well, I was going to say, it's Hank, obviously. It's Hank and Logan. Who, I mean, and Evan and, and Evan. Gene and everybody who helps Xavier. Evan and his like little skateboard skateboard friends who like are just two random boys we don't know. Well, I was just saying like in terms of like who's gay in this, I think they were all pretty gay in this because they were all like trying to help their gay teacher come out of the closet. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like the most literally gay thing is the fact that Logan like sees Beast and he's like, that guy. I gotta get close <laughs> to him because uh, we we have something going on together. I just we both can't have animals inside of us that want to come out all over us. And we're like, <laughs> it's like, uh, oh my god, Logan. I don't know. I was down for it though because I was like, this is a pairing that I can get behind. And like, I mean, we got we got behind when they like literally just started dating by the end of season four and X Men the animated series, I also and they're like, still think it's gonna be really cute because like now Beast is himself. Like now he's gonna be the the big blue goofball who's like quoting. Poetry walking around the mansion. And I like, really hope that Logan helps like Beast explore himself the gay side. He's like, all right, now they're out, but let me show you how it's really done. And also, like, it's okay to be angry and like use your anger in productive ways, as Logan does. Like, sometimes you do need to attack people if they're trying to kill you, and like that's okay. Like, you know, like But not necessarily to eat your food, which he sometimes also does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Logan is gonna teach Beast how to walk around the mansion and stab apples and like <laughs> I don't know. Whatever <laughs> Logan normally does. I mean, Logan is. I love Logan. He is. I like. I would love to date that man. But I know. I know. I, the further we go into Logan's stories on this, I'm like, Logan is so crazy. I, I love him. I know, but he does also have his traumas, and he needs to like help people and help himself work on those things. So I feel like that's I, well, it's a good funny. Is that like he does all this weird shit, but then Logan's also like, I want to be dubbed though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he does. And I think that Beast will love him. Meanwhile, Storm isn't even on this show. So, like, whatever. It's fine. I don't nobody's know. Date, nobody's there to date Logan. Logan needs somebody to date. And it's Beast and Sabretooth. So that's who he gets. Yeah, and Sabretooth, like, we don't know what their fucking deal even is. But, yeah. like, at least with Beast and him, they're under the same roof now. And they can, like fuck their brains out yeah we'll see we'll see i i don't even know if there's gonna be episodes where the two of them are together or not i guess we're gonna find I out i honestly don't remember like i mostly the stuff i remember from the show when i go back and watch it are like my favorite episodes which usually involve like boom boom or scarlet witch or any right. of that shit Who aren't so. in either of these episodes um but we i guess we can say what the next episode is um we're not watching it for oh, next right, week you're right you're right forget it the next episode is well, like, gonna tell, be a listener can, mail yeah, the next episode is going to be a, a listener mail. But if you do want to watch ahead, we can at least tell you what that episode is. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> two weeks away and it's called The Drift and it's an Alex Summers surfing episode, which like, okay. Oh, yes, that is what it's going to be. Yeah, um, so. I, could I could probably 
maybe consider doing Cyclops then, but I kind of was going to wait until season three and Blind Alley. So mm-hmm. up to you. Whatever. Up to you. The people cannot wait to hear decades upon decades of Cyclops lore. They I just are feel like uh, the, we have. Okay, we have. Well, we have a lot of characters to spotlights on. However, we have not done Archangel, Xavier, Cyclops. Well, we can or do Archangel in, in two Emma episodes Frost. because we have the Christmas Angel episode coming up after. That's what, that's what I'm saying. But those are like after that, everybody else's histories are going to be significantly less than all Wait, that. Have so. we, did you say Scarlet Witch in the list? Have we done Wanda? Oh, we haven't done Scarlet Witch. Sorry. She's another one. Yeah. But have we done Pietro? Yes, we have. We did him in season that's one. of. Se- that's what I thought. I thought we did a Quicksilver one. Um, all right, so we have to do Wanda, which will be fun because you know WandaVision's out, and maybe people want to know. Yeah, Wanda's that'll be like probably history. good timing. Let me actually see when it's coming out because maybe we'll line up when the show ends of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had it and then closed it because that was helpful, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> just opening and then closing something. All right. Okay, wait. I just opened the wrong thing. I opened up my expenses sheet. That's not right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what so, are Ryan's expenses, and what do they have to do with Wanda Maximoff? We'll find wait, hold out. On, I have a sense in three on. Okay, hold on. Let's uh, one two. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So it's going to be around the time that like WandaVision finishes up. Cool. Yeah. So maybe that'll line up. I don't know. I don't know. It's all things Wanda for most people these days. But uh, let's do let's do some plugs. Um, plugs. Let's talk about plugs. Pluggy. Pluggy. <laughs> I'm waiting. But no, he's not here. Don't I'm worry. I'm waiting. He's off like helping Mr. Sinister and his adventure. It's like a video game, Mr. Sinister and the adventures of Pluggy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually like that for him, for Pluggy. I feel like yeah, Mr. That's like a, Sinister that's like a and better Pluggy story than along. like anything else I've come up with Pluggy. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so let's talk about plugs. Let's go to the mutantages.com or mutantages.com. Either one of them is going to take you to our SoundCloud page. And on that page, on the right hand side, there's a whole bunch of links and uh, just everything you would ever need first of all there's our email address which is the mutantages at gmail.com we're going to do a lister mail episode next week although by the time you hear this we've already recorded it so hope you wrote in um and then we also have a discord <laughs> server where you can which send i will in let everybody know that they can send in questions for so yes. that is actually the quickest and most up-to-date way to know when we have a, a listener mail. mail coming up. Yeah, you yeah. should join the Discord. Plus, it's just a fun place to hang out. We also have a voicemail inbox if you want to leave us a voicemail. It's 1-508-319-1668. And then last but certainly not least, we have a P.O. box where people send us like fan mail and comics and stuff like that. It's P.O. Yeah. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. 01760, uh, I was going to say that we have to do an unboxing soon, so that will be coming sometime in the near future on the YouTube channel that we have because the Beauty yes. just has a YouTube where we obviously post our unboxings, but also we put Let's Plays up of every X-Men game that we're playing through, especially Maddie's favorites, the Game Gear games, which oh we're God, currently yep. making our way through. Uh, okay, sometimes- but give us some props. We beat that second Game Gear game, and that is a full Let's Play that's on there. We beat the first one, too. We beat them both, which is actually pretty impressive. Yeah. So we beat the first one and the second one. We haven't started the third one yet, but that'll be on the channel soon. And like, we are making our way through those we games. We are. So. And also sometimes we do parody videos. Sometimes I match up quotes from this show with the actual cartoons or movies. Sometimes we post random shit. It's a good time. I'm mm-hmm. also on YouTube at Ryan Pagella. I have an adventure vlog, which has actually been full of adventure since 2021 Hell started yeah. because I am pushing to make that happen Right now, it's mostly kind of museums and stuff, but 
We went to this cool sculpture park that was an art museum. Great COVID activity. Love a sculpture park. Love an outdoor exhibit. Yeah, I mean, like right now I'm trying to show everybody the uh, safe things we could do during COVID until I can start traveling because I got my list of places I want to go because you bet your ass I'm going to take that vlog to fucking Bermuda as soon as I can. Uh, <laughs> but yep, right now sure. is not the time. Uh, but I, we're also individually on social media and I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. And Maddie, where are you? I am at Mitty Myers on Twitter and Instagram. And you know what else is on those places? The Mutant Ages. Pretty cool accounts too. So you should probably follow the Twitter and Instas. Yeah, there's a Facebook, a Twitter, an Instagram, Pinterest. a Tumblr, a Pinterest. And are you ready for it, Maddie? I did make a TikTok this week. Oh my god! Really? Oh my yeah. god! Okay, so people can follow the Mutant Ages TikTok, I guess. I mean, I'm it's mostly seeing... just more clips of the shit we put on YouTube. But I'm kind yeah. of hoping that when things calm down a bit, Maddie and I can make some individual TikToks. Some TikToks. Put on there. Some some dances. Like imagine, Maddie, you could do like a TikTok. You could hop into the account and film like your X Men shit on the walls. Yeah, that I've I given could like you. you know put on some cosplays, do some dances. I mean, yeah, what else right. am I doing with my life, honestly? Why why do I have to wait to do that? There's really nothing stopping. I don't know. Me. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. so there is a TikTok now for mostly for advertisement of taking clips that I think are funny and putting them up there. Yeah, I mean that's what TikTok is for. Uh, it is. So uh, we've we've talked about youtube we talked about all that stuff okay let's talk about patreon um so let's say that you're one of those lucky people who still has a job during this horrifying economic downturn and you have extra <laughs> money and you're like enjoying the show and you're thinking to yourself i want to kick maddie and ryan a buck um please do go to patreon.com slash the mutant ages we we would very much appreciate it thank you give us a buck give us a couple bucks uh there's a bunch of different levels of rewards that you can get for various tiers um and if you are at the highest tier we give you a shout out on the show. We do. I am terrible at Shakespeare and doing Beast's <laughs> voice. So I'm just going to say, Zach S., Samuel B., Soren B., thank you for being our top tier supporters. Please don't suppress anything. You live your best Please lives. Don't. I don't know what that means for any of you, but just be yourselves. Love yourselves. Find and your true gay name, whether it's Beast or whatever else. And then, yeah, I mean, you can that. email us, us and let us know what your gay names are going to be, even if you're not gay. <laughs> I don't care. It's fine. Your mutant name, whatever you want to sure, call it. Sure. That's actually more appropriate. So let's go with that. <laughs> Uh, so thank you. Unless Maddie wants to do a beast voice, but I am not I don't going know to do how that. To. Um, He's really like uh, very specific. Like if I was a Shakespearean actor, which I am not, I, I guess I could be if I wanted to try. But I the only theater we've done are have been like classic plays or musicals. So musicals, like yeah. we and mostly we've done co comedic plays. So they're yes, not usually like course. dramas. Because we're so funny. We're so hilarious. Well, because like um, we can't take ourselves too seriously. That's who we are. <laughs> also, if you want to support us in other ways, you can help us by going to the Mutant Ages store, which is on the mutantages.com over at the right. You can click it. It's through Teespring. We have yep. all sorts of merch. We have t-shirts, mugs, mouse pads, masks. You Bags. can get something with our logo on it. You can get Bishop popping out of the bushes, screaming time travel is real. At some point, Maddie and I will wear some of these and take pictures so you can see how cool they look in person. And how sexy we are, because, you know, that's all everybody ever wants to see, right? That's why you're listening to the show, I think. Oh, well, Logan tells me I'm sexy every single day when I wear one of our merch. Uh-huh. Well, okay, so let's say hypothetically you don't have any money, and that's completely fine, but you still want to support the show. Yes. Well, 
you can give us an iTunes review. You can give us a Facebook rating, or you can just share the show on your own social media and be like, hey, like here's some people who are rewatching all of X-Men Evolution or people who already rewatched all of X-Men the Animated Series and reviewed it as they went along. And you might enjoy that. There are plenty of people who have Disney Plus now and they're watching these things and they might enjoy the show. So, you know, give us a share, give us a review. Uh, and it really goes a long way. Yes, it does. And I think that's it. That is it. And we are done. That's it for this episode. <gasps> next week, we'll be reading your reader mails and the Mutant Age of the Comic Book, the next issue. Yes! And I promise you, all of it is going to be much shorter this time along. Because <laughs> no, even. Won't. Don't even promise that. No, anymore. I'm giving myself a word cap because after <laughs> I. Even, even after I listened to it, I was like, why did you make this so light? I, that last issue where uh, all of our characters being stuck inside the Apocalypse Pyramid could have been two issues. And I don't know why. It could have easily been two issues and then you wouldn't have had to write one for this time around. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I did that. They just divided it in half. But anyway. The whole point is that it's going to be a much shorter story. But also. We're going to try and make sure we get to everybody's questions as to the best that we can. So we will try. We we are getting more listeners and more questions all the time. But for the moment, we still try to actually answer everyone's questions. We'll see how much longer we can do that. But I guess we may as well go ahead and float the warning now that there may come a time where the show gets to a level where we cannot answer every question. That would be sad, but also cool. Um, yeah, so exactly. I hope people will understand. Uh, but we always read all the questions. And we, we do. love all of you. And we appreciate all of you. Um, I so think on that's that note, it. That's the show. I'm going to go you next time. snuggle up with Logan and my Mutant Ages merch. He looks, <laughs> I like it personally when Logan comes to my bed and he's wearing just the time travels real sweatshirt, but like literally Ooh. nothing else. Like he's just like naked from the waist down. And I'm like, and that's, that's what that's you're hot. into. Yeah, that is what I'm into these days. Kind of a weird look, kind of a Winnie the Pooh situation, but you know what? Uh, I'm not now judge that you, you said that, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> We'll see you next time. See you next time. The Mutant